use metrics that are measurable. Enoughness is not measurable. December 25th, 2018, it was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets, and yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was gonna be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly, entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. I'm not smart enough to start a business. This is something that somebody asked on Instagram. I put up a post and said, if I could coach you for free for 30 minutes, what would you ask? And she said, how do I overcome the belief that I'm not smart enough to start a business? Well, first of all, being smart or education is a process, not an identity. An identity is something that's fixed. So I'm a non-physical essence identity currently inhabiting a physical body experience. So starting to differentiate the difference between identity and experience would be where I would start. So a process has a step one. The process of learning looks like, I don't know what I don't know. You're unaware. The next step would be, I now know what I don't know. So you have an awareness that you don't know something, but you know what you don't know, right? Um, I conceptually understand what I don't know how to do. This is like the steps of a beginner. You understand it. You get the concepts you've started to learn, but maybe you're not good at it yet. You just understand the concept, you understand even the value of the concept, maybe. The next would be more of like an intermediate step. I can do what I didn't know how to do before. So maybe you're able to execute it. It's not just a concept anymore. There's execution occurring, but maybe you're still not like known for, you're not the person that someone calls that says, where they say like, hey, I know you're really good at this. Can you come over and help me out with it? Or can I ask you a few questions? Maybe you're still figuring it out for yourself, but you could do it. You might even need to reference previous steps, but you can do it, right? So you're more at an intermediate level. And then advanced would be, I now embody what I didn't know before. 
It's something that's become muscle memory for you. So there's a step-by-step process to learning. Learning is an experience, not an identity. So when we say, I'm not smart enough to start a business, that's more of an identity statement as if it's fixed, except for we know it's not. So we want to be aware of when we're using fixed identity statements to describe ourselves. I only like to use fixed identity statements to describe myself when it's going to create a sensation of power, power within my body. If it's going to give me power, I like that identity statement and I'm going to keep it as long as I it feels true for me. And you'll know if it feels true because there will be an increase of energy, aka power in the body. Next, how would someone even define smart enough? If you can't measure it, you'll never know if you are it. And if you never know if you are it, you'll likely always assume that you aren't. So instead of an intention to be smart enough, try intending to become somewhat like a scientist of your business or a scientist of business. And notice causes that have desirable effects and causes that don't. Do more of what has a positive and desirable effect and less of what doesn't. After you start making money, that's when you hire out your weaknesses. You're not supposed to be good at all of it. So when I first started, I got all the way up to about five. Well, I was making about $250 a week before I brought in my very first day and I just hired them. I hired out $50 a week. (laughs) So I started very small. I outsourced $50 of the $250 that I was making in order to help create more time capacity for myself. And then I heard an assistant who's still with me today, Nicole, and she's been with me since around 2014, 15, 2015, I believe. And she started um, increasing my time capacity by doing things like responding to email or setting up some systems or creating Facebook groups for my programs and stuff. And she was basically the only person that was helping me all the way up until a half a million dollars a year. So I got to a half a million with one team member. And she wasn't even like a completely full-time team member at that time. My business was still a mess. I was a half a million dollars business and it was still pretty messy. I didn't have systems or SOPs. I was still doing so much myself. The next level came. The million dollar business came when I started bringing in like what I call daddy energy. That's like the dream team to help you get to a million dollars or more. And so I started outsourcing all of my weaknesses. My, my strength was that I initiate fast. So when you have an idea Movement creates momentum. Just move. It's not about having the right action to take. It's about having an action to take that creates interest and appeal for you and then becoming curious. So the first part of business isn't actually about achieving. It's about curiosity. And so we were thinking that we know if we have a successful business based on whether we're achieving or not. Achieving meaning whether there's money coming in We're filled with all of these testimonials. That's not actually the first stage in business if you're a solopreneur. 
if you're if you're somebody who came in and you're like, okay, I already built an eight figure business over here, and I'm going to launch a tech company. This is one of my friends right now. Like, yes, I'm going to expect that there's going to be some results pretty close to upfront, but it's still a brand new business, and there's still an intentional stage for interest testing and curiosity. In fact, an eight figure entrepreneur would anticipate it and plan for it, right? There's like, you know, my friend who's creating a tech company, there's the prototype, there's the beta testing. So why is it that somebody who's already done, who's built an eight figure company would plan for beta testing? Beta testing is all around just getting curious, trying things, making mistakes on purpose, figuring out and going back and getting super interested about what causes have desirable effects and what causes don't. We're oftentimes thinking as solopreneurs that we're exempt from the beta testing in business. And then when we don't have the results right away, the response internally feels like suffering. It feels like disappointment. It feels like I couldn't do it. I'm not enoughness. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Set the intention that the beginning phase of your business is to be a beginner and to be much like a scientist and to beta test stuff, beta test curiosity, beta test interest, beta test ideas. So I did a hell of a lot of that and I figured out, okay, these are the, these are the offers that I do well with. These are the offers that I sell. And then I brought in, um, what again, what I call daddy energy, which is essentially just masculine structure. It's masculine energy. This isn't gender. This is energy, masculine being, um, structure, support systems, logic, feminine energy would be intuition, creativity, nurture stuff like that. So I'm bringing in masculine structure into my business to support what intuition created interest enough to test. And the testing showed that there was something that was actually working here, right? In the traditional business world, this would be called proof of concept. I took an idea, I tested it, it worked. I noticed that it was scalable And then now I want to go put money behind it and scale it further and harder. I don't anticipate even at this day when I've made millions of dollars in business that every single idea that I come out with is going to be like a hit. That's not the case for me. The pleasure model, I was like, will anybody sign up for this? Because I just feel like I talk about this stuff all the time anyway. I'm like, I feel like I've already said everything I have to say. (laughs) Will anybody sign up for this? And I wasn't anticipating the launch that we had. I should have because when I look back, I can logically see how like I've been seeding that. What I was thinking is I've already said it all. And the truth is, is that I was seeding it for years. I was creating the market for it for years. I was building the value for it for years. And then we had a 100K day that when we launched, we did 100K in sales in the first 30, 31 hours, right? That's crazy. Didn't anticipate that. But then I've had other times where I anticipated that people would like be obsessed over what it was that I was selling. And it was just going to sell like hotcakes immediately. And like one sale would come in. <laughs> Even to this day with the audience that I had, that happened when I promoted my last masterclass. The day that we launched, I was like, a hundred people are going to sign up today. This is like such an easy yes. One, one person signed up. So what did I do? I could have been like, the program's not good enough. Pull it. Like they can't, like we don't have proof of concept here. 
No, I'm in beta testing when we launch something for the first time ever. And so I just got curious, curious about what causes were having a positive effect and which weren't. And so I started testing and tweaking until we created a stable funnel of sales, which we did. And we had a, we had a great launch, but day one, or even at the beginning of anything, or even in the first year, if you're, if you're new to business, I'm a seasoned entrepreneur, so I can pivot and recover really, really quickly. I have a lot of data in my mind that's like, okay, try this. Maybe this is not what's working. Shift this. I tap it. Like I meditate. I like wake up in the morning before I even open my eyes and I'm just like letting ideas flow and just letting my unconscious do some of the work, giving me some like intuition, some ideas to play with. And so I'm testing and tweaking, but I'm still in beta mode. I'm just in a shorter, more condensed version of it than somebody who is in the beginning. But we all have beta seasons. It just depends on how long yours is going to be based off of the length of time that you've been an entrepreneur and how fast you can move. Also, what assets you've already built, what assets you don't have. So expecting that there are steps to the process of learning, steps like I'm unaware and then I become aware and then I'm a beginner and then I'm an intermediate and then I'm advanced By the time you get to advanced, you still have those beta seasons. They're just shortened. When you're unaware, when you're in that very first step of not even knowing what you don't know, that's the area where you get curious and you start Google searching. You use ChatGBT. You ask friends. You study people. I'm in a state of studying um, like keynote presentations So yes, I paid money. I paid a huge chunk of money um, to a seasoned keynote speaker to teach me, but also I'm watching videos of really well-known keynote presentations and I'm studying them to understand structure. Okay, here they led with this. In the middle, they taught three steps. At the end, they closed with this story. Here's how they tied the story to the rest of it. And I'm just studying and studying and studying. I'm still a beginner. Well, I would say I'm like intermediate. I'm not a beginner anymore there, but I'm intermediate. And I'm intending to become advanced, but I can't skip that step. I expect that I should not be perfect at this yet. If I had waited to be good enough, so to speak, if I had waited to be excellent, if I had waited to be advanced, I would have never even started at all because you can't polish a diamond unless you're in motion. Motion creates more motion. So to recap, remember, commit to the steps of learning and just notice where you're at and run into that season, run into that stage, run into that step. There's always a stage of ignorance. We just don't know what we don't know until we know it, right? Expect that there will, oh, I still have stages. I don't know what I don't know at a $5 million business. I have ignorance as to what a $5 million business will look like and what I'll need. I'm okay with that because I also have so much evidence in my life of where I have been gone from the stage of ignorance to beginner to intermediate to advanced. I have plenty of evidence of that. I mean, just look at like walking. I didn't know when I was a baby that walking was a potential outcome. And I just like figured out all of those steps because I didn't have any reasons to believe that I couldn't. Look for the evidence in which you're winning. 
use metrics that are measurable. Enoughness is not measurable. So if you can't measure it, you'll always believe that you're not. You'll always believe that there's a lack and there's just not. Just look for, find out and look and see, okay, I'm in the step of ignorance here. I don't know what I don't know. So how can I become less ignorant? I would start there. Now I'm in the step of becoming becoming a beginner. How can I practice this in a way where I notice what's useful and I notice what's not, and I do more of what's useful and I do less of what's not? How can I use metrics that are measurable so I can know if I'm hitting them along the way? How can I bring a culture of celebration into each step? And as I notice areas, as I've started this new business that I'm weak in and I'm not doing great at them, you're not supposed to be great at your weaknesses. You're supposed to become great at your strengths, areas that come a little bit more naturally to you. Spend time developing those. Dial those in, make them work really well, and then hire out your weaknesses as you go. And remember, the game's not worth winning unless we get to play. Send this to a friend that's been sitting on starting a new business. Remember, sharing is caring. And let's celebrate the seasons that we're in. Life gets way more fun. Hey friend, this is Lorelai, COO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed this episode, I really think you'll love learning about Andrea's record-breaking program, The Pleasure Model, which has taken the internet by storm while teaching exactly how to never take another penny from pressure, only pleasure. Head to the show notes for all the info and a special surprise too. And of course, subscribe so you get notifications when new episodes drop and tag Andrea on Instagram at love underscore Andrea Crowder with your thoughts from today's episode. We're so glad you're here.